0: Okay, it's really great to be here with you all again. Um, I I'm I was just kind of pondering you know what to share with you all just been pondering a lot of different things here this year and, and different uh, messages and all of that and I just really felt like I just kind of wanted to, to speak to you a little bit from, from some of the things that I feel like God is just kind of downloading um, to me. It's kind of a little bit of a, a big, big picture look, but how it comes back to the individual. It seems like whenever I've been here that it, that tends to be the case. So um, anyway, so I kind of want to go, I want to start with a little bit of a, a story um, about our, our existence and about who we are and, and uh, God's heart towards us and that. Um, but in, in, as we near the end, I, I want to go into kind of a prophetic experience for us, okay? So I brought us an instrumental, and I just want us to have an encounter with God today. So I want to see the Lord just stir up this area. So, in fact, I just want to begin with us praying before I even sharing any of these things. God, I just thank you that you are here. I thank you that the spirit of the living God is among us right now, that Jesus himself is in the midst because we are gathered together in your name. I thank you that you are here. I thank you that you brought love and you brought peace. You brought grace. You brought the empowerment to do the things that you are drawing us and leading us into. You brought everything that we need, everything we could possibly imagine and beyond you have available to us through your spirit. God, we just invite you here in a powerful way. God, I thank you that as we were worshiping that you just began to express your heart that right here today that this place is a throne. This is a throne for you to sit, a throne for you to come and be seated as king, to be seated as God in our midst, Lord. And that your voice would echo across this land, that, Lord, it would reverberate from the mountaintops, that even the mountains would say yes He alone is God. Lord, I pray that your praises would go forth. That God, as we connect with you, that the worship never stops. Lord, I love it. I love it that you gave us music. God, we are so grateful for music. But Lord, it's your desire that the worship never stops. It's an agreement with who you are. And when we agree with who you are, we also agree with who we are, God. And we find the us. And we find the power in us, the power in our union, the power in our connectedness, the power in the fact that we are in you, and that we have your mind and that we have your heart and that we are your body and we are your extension. And we find that we find that identity in worship God as our whole being aligns with who you truly are. So, God, I just pray right now that every heart has entered into a place of worship right now, God. And that everything we do for the remainder of our time together is worship. That our hearts are open. God, we've become the keeper of the gates of our own hearts. And, God, we choose to open up the gates and let the king of glory to come in. God, we make that choice today. We worship you in spirit And in truth, we give you our lives, we surrender our hearts, we make ourselves available to you today to hear the beauty and the wonder of the thoughts of God right here in our midst, Lord. We thank you, Lord, everything begins with honor, everything begins with honor, God, to have a a real covenant relationship, we begin with honor and God, we begin with honor today. We honor the spirit of God. We honor the word of God. We honor the presence of God. We honor the, the leading of God in this place. And God, as we posture that way, then you respond because you inhabit the praises of your people. And when we lift you up, the invitation is one that is irresistible to you. And so, God, I thank you that every heart is postured in a place of worship today. God, God, you reign. You reign. You speak. You have liberty in this place. You lead us where we haven't gone before. You open up our minds and you open up our hearts to receive you in greater ways than we have before, God. Lord, we're so small and you're so big. I pray, God, that you would reveal some of your bigness to us, God. That we would step into it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. I thank you for this people. I thank you for Ketrick. And I thank you for his passion for this, this little town. This passion. His passion for this little valley. This little area. The love that he has for all that are here, God. I just partner right now with the love that you have. And the love that you've imparted to Ketrick. And the invitation that you've given me today. God I partner with you in that Lord. And we share in the love of this land. And of this people God. I pray Lord that your word prospers in this place. And everything that you release. Right here today. And going forward the, the, from the hearts of the minds of the people that experience you today. I pray a blessing over that God. Let it be heard. Let it be known. Let it be felt in this area. In Jesus name. Thank you God. Amen. Amen. So. Alright. So in the beginning. <laughs> I love the story of creation. I love in the beginning, I love the idea that we were in God's heart, in God's mind, we were a part of him, and then he deposited us in the womb of his choosing and 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 he crafted us there, he formed us in the womb, and and he knew our thoughts, he knew our inward parts, our being, he knew every part of us, and then he released us Into the earth for purpose. I love the story of that. I love the sense of closeness. With the creator. Who calls himself our father. I love, I love, I love how he loves us. And so in in the beginning when he formed humanity. It says in Genesis 2-7. That the Lord formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. And when him, God, got together his, his portions, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Mm -hmm. So God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created them both male and female. Then God blessed them and he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and Subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Mm -hmm. So when God created man and he created them from the dust of the earth, he created everything adequately. If you think about the way that we were formed, the core of our being, our soul. He formed our body out of the dust of the earth and he gave us a spirit to commune with his spirit. And so we had everything that we needed. We had sensitivity to the environment we had been given. We, we, he said in, in Genesis that he, 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 he desired for us to take dominion in the earth, to have a, a leadership, to have a stewardship of the whole earth. But he didn't just ask us to do that. He gave us the capacity to do it by forming us literally out of the earth. He took of the earth to form this third part. And so we become, in a sense, we're united with the place that we've been given stewardship. So we were created with everything that we need for adequate rulership of the earth. We were given a connection and a sensitivity to the earth. Because we were formed of the earth. But we were also made to look like our father. And have the capacity to represent him in the earth. And we were given a spirit that stays in constant communion with God. So that we are continually linked with the place that we were given to steward. And we're continually linked with the one who created us. The one who calls himself our father. And we were given earth to steward. And we were given like a template. It's like God is in heaven, stewarding the heavens. And he created sons and daughters. And he says, son and daughter, do as I do. Steward the earth as I steward the heavens. And so everything about us was made to represent, to represent God into the earth. Just as he presents himself in heaven, we present him again in the earth because we were made in his likeness. And this was his heart and his desire. It's just like, you know, when when I had children that were young, we bought them. I mean, they had their whole room was like this fantasy world, you know. They had a toy kitchen. They had a toy ironing board. They had doll cribs. I mean, it was like they had their own little house in their bedroom, they had a, a recreation. And oftentimes, I would go and set My two girls were 11 months apart, and, and they had a baby brother at the time. And, and you know, one daughter, she was my very bold, zealous girl. And she's like, I'll be the dad. <laughs> and then my other daughter, who's just kind of, ah, you know, I'll be the mom. And then the little guy, he was their baby. So they just pretended. They, that, that room was their was was their their a representation of what they were living in. In their communion with us, they were recreating it into their bedroom. And so they would do things um, that were so beautiful that I'd oftentimes just go and sit and watch them, just watching them to see what they really believed. And what they really felt and what they really experienced in our family was played out in this fantasy world of theirs. And to go in there and to experience and to, to, to watch over what they felt, what they believed, what they knew um, was really, really beautiful. It was incredible. And then when they got older, and we used to have this thing that if – because we had four kids by then – we had four kids. And so we used to have this thing that if anybody is sick, then we have church at home. So that's how we did it. And they always, you know, the daughter who wanted to always be the dad, she always wanted to be the preacher. So she, you know, would bring her word. She had something to share. And the one that always wanted to be the mom, she wanted to be the worship leader. And then the little guy, he's like, I'm going to be the congregation. And then our, our, our youngest, after he after he was older, um, you know, he's still little, but he's like, I want to pray for everybody. (laughs) And so, so there we would have, and I would just sit and watch this. And again, it was an experience to understand what is it that they're grasping? What are they learning? What are they, what are they absorbing and experiencing in their, their, their life with us? And how is that being reenacted? And so everything that we are receiving from God and communing with God about is coming out. When we're in relationship with him and we have an intimacy with him, a real connection, then that is coming out. When there's a discord, then that would also come out. If my children, you know, I've seen seen scenarios with, with children that are reenacting things of pain because that's the experience that they're having. They're aggressive or or they they don't know how to share or work with others or they they don't have peace in their heart and you feel it in them, the chaos, when they go to play with other kids. And it's because what they're experiencing is coming out in how they're, they're representing what what they have been received what has been downloaded to them, and so this was god 's heart now we know that there was the fall in the garden and and there was you know sin came in um, and with that came death and and chaos, corruption, unrest came to the earth there was all of this that took place right because of the fall but um but then we have years later, God, he determined that it, it, things would not stay this way, that he would make rescue, he would make deliverance, he would make restoration and redemption even um, for those that he loves so very much. And so as we know, he sent Jesus to die for us so that a whole new seed could begin. Jesus is a whole new seed line. He's brand new. It's a whole new seed line. So immediately when we come to Jesus, we're a new creation. We're brand new in him. And and, uh, the corruption is now gone. Okay. So this is where I kind of want to take a moment. I was just pondering with the Lord about what is happening to us. What is taking place? And so the Lord was just kind of, I just kind of wrote down these, a couple little paragraphs. So I'm just going to kind of read them to us. Um, So this is what I was seeing and this is what I was feeling, okay? So our soul processes everything around us, okay? Our soul. It's like a sponge. We see, hear, feel, and absorb our surroundings, right? Our surroundings, though, because corruption is in the world, the earth has suffered corruption, although that we have, have, have um, been restored um, to Jesus, um, corruption surrounds us. So our, our surroundings are unstable and in a state of unrest. Now, we have a database within us of historical experience. Okay, Every one of us has a database of everything that we've ever experienced which is building off of concepts that we developed from the mind and understanding of a child. Okay? So if you think for a moment, you draw conclusions. As a child, you're drawing conclusions. And just in the examples that I showed you, conclusions were made. My, my children made conclusions about our family. My children made conclusions about church and what it looks like and what's it's supposed to be. They made conclusions. And so they have some building blocks. Those are foundational pieces for them. And some foundational pieces are good. Some foundational pieces are not. But regardless, they're all from the perspective of a child, right? That's where it all began. You're a child, and, and you're internalizing and building from everything you're experiencing as a child. So we have this historical database, Everything is building on top of that foundation. This historical database of experience is building off of concepts we develop from the mind and understanding of a child in one limited space of experience. So we all, we grew up in one place with one family and what we could see is what we could see and you know earlier this week i saw somebody had posted on facebook and it was like a graph and it's like this big it was like stuff we know and then there was another portion like this and it's like stuff we don't know and then the rest is stuff we don't know we don't know <laughs> right so that's that's really that's that's re- realistic so this limited space of experience we perceive the brokenness Around us in the world, we, we perceive the groaning of the world around us, a groaning for redemption, a groaning for rest. But while we feel the burden, because remember, we were created for stewardship, we were made of we were formed of the earth because God had a responsibility and a plan for us to steward earth as he stewards heaven. And so something in us feels the responsibility of what we see taking place around us. But at the same time that we feel that, we have the same unrest and chaos inside of us. Okay? So now for the believer, and you know, that can, salvation can come at, at different stages in our life. But for the believer, now the spirit of Christ is alive in us. And it's, it's bringing new life. It's bringing new life. Oh, let me back up. I missed a piece here. Um, no, actually, we're going to go this direction. So it's bringing new life. <clears throat> and it's, it, it's the Spirit of God is alive in us, and now it's resurrecting this, our spirit within us. Because the whole purpose of our spirit is to commune with God. That's why he formed us that way. That we would be able to commune with him deeply. That we would know our father as he knows us. <clears throat> so if we are unbelievers, if we haven't had that experience in God, if we haven't made that connection, then our spirit in a sense is, it, it, it's, it's dead. It's, it's, it's just there. It's in, unless there's, there, there can be things reaching out to it that are not clean. But, but for the, it's still dead, though. It's dead. So until we come to Christ, um, our, our, um, our spirit is a slave to everything that we're experiencing in the soul. Okay? So here we are absorbing our surroundings. Chaos, unrest, confusion, um, corruption. We're absorbing all of that in our soul. And our spirit is, 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 is oppressed by that. And our body is a slave to that. And so we're driven to do, to perform, to try to find our own way, to try to figure it all out. But when we come to Jesus and he brings new life to our spirit and he causes us to be connected to God in the spirit then all of the sudden we have an opportunity to shift the flow of things. Okay, so I want you to imagine you're absorbing your, your surroundings. It's coming into your soul. Your spirit is, is heavy and, and burdened, and your body is driven like a slave. But then all of a sudden you reconnect with God, and the spirit has something else to show you. Heaven's template is now beginning to download. The reality that there's a father in heaven who loves you, who didn't abandon you on the earth to do this, that, or the other, but he actually wants to partner with you, and he wants to to move with you, and he wants to develop you in, in the purposes that he created you for, and now you have the opportunity to shift the flow. So now you can receive through the spirit and bring life into the soul and the body can now be connected into life. And now you can release out of you what you're receiving through the spirit. So now you can come into places where there's darkness, where there's corruption, where there's disappointment, where there's confusion, um, where there's, there's even perversion, any kind of thing that you could walk into instead of absorbing it into your being and it oppressing you like it's oppressing everyone else. Instead, you have now made a connection with God and he is dominating your world with life. And now you can go into that atmosphere and you can begin to release into that place life and healing and hope and light and truth. You can release what God has released into you and all of the chaos, because you know what? God was hovering over the earth and he looked at the darkness, the chaos, the void, and he said, let there be light. And so we have the same capacity just as light has come into us. We can come into darkness and say, let there be light. We carry his voice. We're made in the image of our father. We carry his word within us and we can release life. And we can release light wherever we go because he is in us. And because we've become reconnected with the template, we've become reconnected with the very one who created us, the very one who releases life into us, we've become connected with him. Okay? so for the unbeliever, for the unbeliever, his spirit is impacted by the soul and has no connection with God. His body is driven to performance by the dictates of the world around him. He is a slave to sin and corruption for the believer. The spirit of Christ is now alive in him. A new work is beginning. He now has the opportunity to. To both filter and shift the flow of data in his soul through the spirit. This restored connection to God begins to revive the old mandate. He begins to receive glimpses of the image of his true father. Glimpses of a heavenly template come to him. And there's a city in his heart where the builder and maker is God. Hope is revived in him. The hope of redemption and rest To be who he was designed to be. But he must make a choice. Because the data of his surroundings and his historical database are conflicting with the image and the templates. He must continually decide which will rule within him. Faith or sight. So. So. No matter how long we've been walking with God, whether we're brand new or whether we've been walking with him for a long time, we're constantly making decisions and we're constantly crossing thresholds or not crossing thresholds. And each time we come up to those moments, there's a question that's answered. Will we walk by faith or by sight? And if we walk by faith, faith is a spiritual endeavor. It's reconnecting again and taking our download from above and allowing that to influence our decisions and the path that we make. And if we choose in that moment to walk by what we see, um, it, you know, in the flesh, how we're feeling, what we see happening around us, oftentimes we'll come into challenges where are we going to. To believe God for something in what we're we're seeing with our eyes. We see something negative. We have an adversity that we're experiencing. Are we going to say, God doesn't care about me. God isn't with me. Or I feel hopeless. Or, you know, we have those choices that we make. And sometimes we make the choice to go by sight and not by faith. But God is so gracious that he hovers there. Now, we're not crossing that threshold because we didn't make that choice. We didn't make the choice to move forward in faith. And so we are kind of stuck there. But grace is hovering with us there as well. And he's waiting for us to finally say yes. And then grace comes and he begins to empower us to overcome what we see. He begins to empower us to believe again and to walk by faith and, and to ignore everything that, that is speaking all around us. And to trust what's coming by the Spirit of God to trust that, and to begin to cross over into a new place of faith. So we're, we're, we're coming across these thresholds. Excuse me. You know, in Matthew 5.3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you know, when I was looking at that word poor, and, and, and looking at that, that original meaning in the Greek, and it, it, these are some of the concepts uh, related to that word, to crouch or cower like a beggar, um, properly bent over, uh, deeply destitute, lacking resources. Um, so when you see this, this is a, this is a posturing of humility. It's somebody that recognizes their need and when we recognize our need then we receive our answer so when we're at that threshold and you know i know for me i've thrown pity parties there (laughs) i have let's sit here and camp and pout about it for a while i've done that i think we've all done that at times but God he keeps working upon us and we come to that moment where we recognize that we're poor in spirit that we really need his help that we and it's and it's not just just a recognition but it's a willingness to bow it's a willingness to posture in humility before him to really begin to see he is God and I am not to see our frailties and know that we need his help. To know that we need grace to cross over that next threshold. To keep moving in the things that he has for us. Because his heart is that we would be fruitful and that we would multiply. That we would do well in all that he sends us to. Whatever that looks like. Rather, it, it is building family, building business, expressing creatively, whatever it would be. God's desire is that we be fruitful and multiply, that we would do well in the thing that he sent us to do. So he, his desire, but you know what? He's not going to let us cross over something we're not ready to cross over. So that's why we can't just cross over. So if there are some things in your heart where you're saying, I want more of this or I want more of that. You know, oftentimes when you think of like some of the gifts of the spirit or you think about um, opportunities for ministry or for service or for adventure or whatever it might be, there might be things that come to our mind that we want to be a part of. You know, or even maybe it's maybe it's it's success in a particular industry because you know that God wants to do a good work in that industry. You know, whatever it might be, um, we we have to understand that God is 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 crafting us to a place that we can handle the place we're wanting to go, uh, because until until some things get get shifted on the inside. When you start stepping into that stuff, it's just bigger than you can can walk in. It's just, it's overwhelming. And not to say his grace isn't there to walk in us, but he knows exactly how to walk us through our processes. He knows exactly when to take us, where to take us, and when we're ready to move into new things. So thank you, God, for that. So my heart here, um, my heart right now, um, I, for me, I think there's no greater joy than being in the presence of God and feeling connected to him in a way that he begins to speak. There's no greater joy than to be in the presence of God in such a way that you know he is for you, not against you, that you know that that he is greater in you than everything that comes against you, that you know that you're tucked into him, and that where you go you don't go alone, that he goes before you. I love the picture he gave me this picture uh, one time about how he how he goes before. He's a father that hovers above. He's a friend that walks beside. And he's a comforter that nourishes the, the, the weakness and the fears within us. And he's the glory that follows behind us. And so he's all, he's all surrounding us. But, you know, we're not always aware of that. We don't always feel that. We don't always believe that in, in what we're experiencing But when we come into the presence of God, that reality comes to us. We begin to sense it. We begin to feel it. And there's a boldness that comes on us. And there's a courage that comes on us for the things um, that he wants to partner with us. Or shall I say, he wants us to partner with him in doing. And so there's just no better place than the presence of God. And so what I'd like to do right now is I'd just like to... To be very free <laughs> with, with God, I'd just like to see how he wants to do it. I mean, we're just going to put that music on. And all you need to do is posture yourself in honor, be willing to hear, be willing to see, and he comes. Okay? And so that's all you need to do. And so I don't know if he's going to begin to to prophesy, if he's just going to fill the room and minister to your hearts. I don't know what he'll do, but we want him to just have full access to our hearts right now so that he can begin to do what he desires. I stand at the door and knock whoever opens the door I will come in and I will eat with him Jesus you are here in our midst and your heart is alive for every person in this place Your desire to meet them where they are is inconceivable. I give you my life and I give you my heart. I give you all that I am. help my unbelief. God, I desire a closer relationship with you, but I don't know where to begin. I don't know how to start. I don't know how to connect with you. My heart feels cold at times. My my mind feels closed. It wanders off. God, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you. My spirit is willing. My flesh is weak. I want to know you more. I want to know your thoughts for me. Though they are too wonderful for me to even understand, I want to know your thoughts for me. I, know, I want to know what you think about me. I'm ready to know what you think about me. Some of us, the voice of the accuser is just pounding our head. It's the blockage between us and him. It's the reason that we don't feel like we can spend intimate time with God. It's the reason why we can't have coffee with God like we can with our friend. It's the reason why we can't sit and listen to music with God like we can with our friends. It's the reason why we can't sit and have conversation, real conversation, not religious um, recites. But real conversation with a father, it's the reason why we can't because there's an accuser that's saying that we're unclean, that we're unfit, that we're we're too broken, that we're too messed up. But God is saying, God is saying, I sent my son to resolve that problem. I sent my son to shut the mouth of the accuser. I sent my son to be the bridge between you and I. And there is nothing standing in our way except for your unwillingness to believe that I love you. And that I want you. And that I want to commune with you like someone does a friend. And so God, right now in this place, Lord. God, we just say yes. We just say yes. We say yes with everything in you. If that's you, if that's how you've been feeling, like the accuser stands between you and God, I want you just in your mind's imagination to picture yourself walking past that devil, walking past that voice and running to the Father who loves you. He already knows. He knows everything. He knows what you thought this morning and even last night. He knows what you've been engaged in and he doesn't care. All he wants is to restore communication and connection with you. And so if that is you, imagine it. I'm telling you that when the presence of God is here, your imagination becomes consecrated to God. It's the place where you and Him connect. It's no longer just you thinking and hoping, but it becomes reality. Because His Spirit is communing with your spirit in your imagination. This holy place that has been sanctified by the presence of God. When you imagine yourself running to the Father, you are running to the Father. It becomes your reality. So, God, I thank you. I thank you for that one. I thank you. I thank you for running to the Father. I I hear some of you have a cry for wisdom in your heart. And a cry for answers of certain types because you believe you've been called into a certain area you've been called into certain things and you've been calling out for wisdom and you've been you've been saying i need I need understanding in this area I need direction in this area and and you have been You have been loaded down with the responsibility of the thing that you're operating in or that you're functioning in, the arena that you've been called to. You've been weighed down by responsibility. And I feel like God is saying, I'm giving you a sila moment right now. Sila means to pause and ponder, to pause and ponder. It's like he's saying, I need you still so I can speak. And so right now, I just see right now that, that you're running to the Father is in order to get the, those answers. It's, it's, it, but it, it's, not just, it's not just give me the keys to the car so I can get going, Dad. It, there's something else that he wants to do. It's an actual impartation. He doesn't want to just give you words. He wants to impart to you a part of himself. That makes you capable of carrying out that wisdom. And so right now, if that's you, then I want you to begin to present yourself to the Father. And say, impart to me wisdom. Impart to me truth. Impart to me direction." Father's laying his hands on you right now. He's laying his hands on you. He's expanding you right now. Expansion, that's the first thing that has to happen. Your view is too, too limited. Your perspective is too limited. He's expanding vision right now. If you're seeing things, give yourself to it. Again, your imagination is consecrated in the presence of God. Let visions and words come right now. Right now, God. Begin to speak truth. Begin to reveal wisdom. Some of you, he's he's laying his hand on your heart. And he's saying, "You, you, you have my mind in that you have many precepts, many concepts. But now I need you to receive my heart. I need you to feel what I feel. I need you to love as I love. I need you to receive an impartation of my compassion. I've given you concepts. I've caused your mind to think brilliantly, But now I'm imparting my heart and I'm imparting my love and I'm imparting my compassion so that you can properly carry out the things that I've shown you. This is the missing piece. This is the reason that I haven't given you the the wisdom you were asking for. And you've been frustrated. Because before I give you that, you need to receive my heart. You have to feel as I feel. You need to be expanded in your capacity to love. In your capacity to feel. In your capacity to be compassionate. So he says, I lay my hand upon your heart and I expand you. And where your heart is stony, I make it flesh. And where your heart is unable to feel, I breathe life into it. And it is living. And there's some in here, you're very creative. You have incredible capacities to create. Like you could go anywhere and do anything because God is so alive in you. In creativity, you could take something, nothing, and make something because of how profound the, the creative flow of God is in you. I, I, I see the word Steady. And as I see that word, I know that God is saying, he's he's saying that this is only part of the equation. The ability to do it is one thing. But the the capacity to stay with it from beginning to end is another thing. The race of endurance is what you're called to. Not just the creative expression of the the God who created the universe, but the one who brought everything into completion. And so as he lays his hands upon you right now, he's giving you perseverance, he's giving you endurance, and he's giving you a, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's like a mantling to be faithful in stewardship, faithfulness, that's the word faithful said, I am faithful, you must be faithful. I am faithful. You must be faithful. He's imparting faithfulness to you right now. And if that's you, I just want you to open your heart and say, God, forgive me for the areas of life where I walked away before something was completed. Forgive me for not wanting to stick some things out because it just seemed like it was taking too long. And as you give that to him, you know, repentance just means to turn. And when you confess where you're at, he gives you the empowerment to make the turn. So he turns you from a place where you're unable to steward to completion to a place where you're able to be faithful unto fruitfulness. Because what God wants to do is always lasting. It's always lasting. And completion is also perfection. In seven days, he completed creation, but it was also perfected and so god and another word that can be used there is maturity and so what god wants to do with you and through you in those avenues of creativity they must be completed they must be perfected and matured and if you are faithful to your part in that not saying that you're the only one engaged in that work but you must be faithful in the portion that you have been given and if you're faithful in the portion that you've been given then God will hover over it in perfection, and He will cause it to bear much fruit. And so, God, I thank you for that capacity that you're giving your empowering grace for faithfulness right now, God, in Jesus' name. And then there's some that get yeah, you're a you're an onlooker, you're an observer you're watching from afar and you're wanting to learn, but it doesn't feel it, it, your your fear of commitment keeps you from fully stepping in. You're afraid to commit to God. You're afraid to give him everything. And so you sit on the outside and you look and you watch and you love the God that is uh, is is described. you love the God that is talked about. And you even want to have connection or relationship with Him, but that it's, it's like in, in, in your posturing, you're trying to be partly in and partly out simply because you fear commitment. And so I see God reaching out from heaven to where you are, to where you are. He's coming to you, He's coming to you. And he's going to heal the things that have taken place in your life that have made you afraid of commitment. You've seen brokenness. You've seen pain. You've seen things that that, that cause you to feel you can't trust anything or anybody. You, you don't give yourself to anyone. You don't share yourself to, with anyone because you can't trust anyone because of what you have experienced in this broken world. That God is saying, "I'm supernaturally coming to restore and repair you, so that that brokenness is 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 sealed up in my kindness, in my goodness, in my faithfulness. Because I will never let you down." He says, "I will never let you down. I will never let you down. When there's no one, there's always me. When you're alone, I am sitting there." And when you're sitting alone and you're pondering the fact that you're alone, when you're depressed and you're confused and you're frustrated about feeling like your life isn't going anywhere, he's literally sitting next to you saying, I could fix that. I could fix that. If you would just give me your life, I could fix that. And so, God, I thank you. I thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. That even if we make our bed in hell, David said in the in the scripture, if I make my bed in hell, your love will find me there. You will find me there. No height, no depth, principalities, angels, nothing can keep us from the love of God. And love is a person who's sitting in your room at night when you're pondering the fact that you don't feel like life is going anywhere and you don't know what you're for or why you are. So God, I thank you right now for healing the touch of love in his life. In their life, her life, and whomever God. Thank you for the touch of love. Thank you for the touch of love.
1: Thank you for the
0: touch of love. love. some in here that the city, I call it a city, the town of Telluride, is calling out to you. That God has purpose for you in this town. He's calling out to you and he's saying, I've called you to this town for purpose. You literally feel the town pulling you in. And really, you know, when God speaks, all of creation aligns. And it's it's just something in the environment of this area that's calling out to you. And if you go up on the mountains, you feel like the mountains have made way for you. And if you go down to the river, you feel like the river is calling out to you. It's just everything here is calling out to you because God is calling you to this land. He's caused the land to cry out to you because he's called you here in this place. And so God, I pray right now, we just agree as touching for that one, Lord. I just see myself putting hands on your head right now and just declaring the consecration of God over your life for your time and season in this place. And I just say that that you put on the mind of Christ for this town and that you receive the impartation of God's love and heart for this town and for this people group. Just as I prayed for this time that I'm speaking, that I would receive that. I pray now that you would receive that for this town. That even in the night, and, and in fact, I hear I hear dreaming, I see dreaming, vision that God, that's like no rest, that, that when you're in this town, you hear it calling you. While you're sleeping, you're dreaming. God's going to speak prophetically to you through dreams. He's going to speak. He's going to minister. He's going to ignite you. You are a catalyst. Oh, fire starter, begin a fire here. Fire starter, begin a fire here. You've been called here for this purpose. And in fact, you've been sent out by the word of the Lord to come and to start a fire. I hear people speaking over you saying you're going there to start a fire. I see people laying hands on you and sending you here. Because his voice is the same there and here. His voice is over the earth to accomplish the thing in which he sent it. And he's going to accomplish something through you. So I pray consecration and focus over your life. That you would see. That you would feel. That you would know your purpose in this land. And that you would start a spiritual fire in this place. That would be unquenchable. That would be undeniable. That it would be a flame that is fanned by God himself. And that everything would come from the darkness and be attracted to His flame. And that they would desire Him as they see Him burning you. That they would desire Him as you desire Him. God. God. And I feel to tell you that there, there are some adversities. There are, you're going to be tried at the gates of this town. You're going to be tried at the gates of this town. It, but it's part of what I was sharing earlier. It's about crossing over a threshold. And it's about being ready to step in. And so some of the trial that you're going to experience, it's like I see it at the gate of the town. It's, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, it's the gates of this town. And you'll be tried there. And it's like a fire of refinement. It just, it, all its purpose is, is to bring forth the purity of, of God in your life so that as you enter the gates because the gates swing open for the king of glory and God reveals his glory in the refined vessel and so God will allow you to be tried at the gates so that you will come forth as gold so that as you enter in with the king of glory that people wouldn't see you but they would see him and they would be drawn to him in you For his purpose and for his glory. God we thank you for the impartation of strength. I see him laying hands on you. And depositing strength within you. For this adversity and for this task. May you come forth as gold. May you lay hold of the God. The king of your heart. I hear that song. The king of my heart. The king of my heart. May you lay hold of the king of your heart. Like never before.
1: Praise you,
0: praise you, praise you. We praise you, we praise you, we praise you, we praise
1: you.
0: You know what I see right now? I see Jesus walking through your homes. I see him walking through and laying his hand on different things in your home, and it represents different things. I see him walking through a home where he lays his hand on a book, and this book is significant. It's it's not the Bible, but because he's laying his hand on it, it's going to reveal him through it. So it's something that, that, that has been written by another believer, and it's in your possession. And you're supposed to be reading it and you haven't had time. You've had so much going on. You just haven't had time to get to it. But I see him standing in your home with his hand on the book. And he is declaring it anointed for the purposes of your life. He's breathing into it that when you would open up the book, the very presence of God would come out of it. The anointing of God to equip you for service would come out of the book and that you would be filled up. You would literally eat like you were at a table as you read this book because God has ordained and appointed this book for this time because his heart for you lies within it. And so right now, God, we just call that one to that book for that appointed time because it's it's beyond the book. It's about your appointment with them and this season for their lives. And I thank you, God, that you caused them to have the capacity, just like we said, we walk by faith and not by sight. And that means choices. It's continuous choices and we make the choice as to what we need to do next and sometimes we say yes and sometimes we say no and no brings us to a place of delay and then we wonder why there's delay it's because we didn't make the right choice but because you're so gracious you're presenting it over and over again just like the Israelites just went around and around and around because your desire is that they would finally capture your heart And so, God, there's some areas of life where we're going around in circles. But it's your heart that we would capture your heart so that we could move into a place of promise. God, we have many promises. There are many things that you want us to step into, God. That, Lord, until we really settle down and we have these selah moments where we pause and ponder and we meditate on God so that He can speak and so that He can lead. Until we have those moments, we might not make the choices that we need to make to make the crossover into those certain promises. So God, I thank you for each and every one of us that you are coming in your grace. You're coming in revelation to reveal the choices that need to be made for each and every one of us. Every one of us have choices To be made, God, that you are coming right now in your spirit, in your power, in your love and your goodness to help us see, to open our eyes. You came to open the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf, God, and even the mouths of the mute, God. Lord, that we would be able to commune with you in a way that we can move, that we can move. It's your heart that we move because you said for us to go. Be fruitful and multiply. God, align us right now. Every heart and every mind, every schedule, every burden. Huh? I see like a a, a donkey. Like we're riding on a donkey, and there's all of these all of these uh, packs on the donkey, and. And you know you when you think of that mountain journey then you're thinking of a very slow and steady journey where you've got a lot to carry to get to a certain place but there are some of you that God is saying for right now I need you to tie up the donkey get on the the race horse and I need you to sprint for a while and 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 you're not comfortable with that you're not used to that and it you don't like that because you like the slowness and the steadiness of what you're riding and, and you like the predictability of every step because of the pace that it's taking. But God is saying that there's some things that I need to accomplish in a short amount of time, and if you ride that donkey the whole way, you're not gonna get there. You're not gonna you're not gonna meet my appointed times for your life if you do that. But I'm asking you to trust me. I'm asking you to leave those burdens. And those burdens are responsibilities that you believe that you're supposed to be carrying. That God is saying you're not supposed to be carrying those right now. You are supposed to be riding light and free. And you are supposed to be running a race right now. And so I need you to release the responsibilities to release the steadiness, to release the predictable, to release the the structure, to let that thing go and come into a season with me for a while where I require you to believe, where I require you to be wild, where I require you to be free in your hands, that you would hold the reins of what I have for you. Because of the speed and the fervor and the pace. And even the adventure of what I'm calling you to. I need your hands free to carry those things. To lay hold of those things. And I need your hair to flow. I don't care about tidy hair. I need your hair to flow. You understand I don't care about tidiness right now. I care about you getting to the appointed places that I have for your life. And you're going to have to let go of structure and stability and all of those things that are slow and consistent and that you find comfort in. I need you to find comfort in the ride. I need you to find comfort in the communion with me because I'm riding with you. And so God, we just pronounce freedom for that one right now in Jesus' name. Freedom. 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 Freedom, freedom,
1: God. God,
0: and everything that is necessary to make that transition. What what do we need? What do we need? What do we not need? It's more what we don't need. God, I just pray right now. Supernatural downloads in the days in the days of this week particular. I speak to this week, and I just say, God, that you communion. You commune with that one and you begin to show them like you're checking off a list of all the things that have to be released. I thank you. I thank you for the empowerment. Again, the grace to do this. It's a threshold crossing. God, I thank you that your word says that in order to find our life, we must lose it. And we're all being called to lose it. Some of us like to w- ride wild and free, and you're calling us to a place of stability. Some of us are riding in stability, and you're calling us to a wildness. Whatever it is that you're challenging our character in, and it's really even more than that. You're challenging our ability to trust you. Because when we're comfortable, we don't have to trust you. But when we're uncomfortable, we have to trust you. And then we shift from walking by, by sight to walking by faith. And so, Lord, everything that you're challenging us with right now, God, I pray, Lord, that particularly in this week, in fact, I declare a turnaround for some people, God, a turnaround. God, a defining moment of change this week. I pray that every mouth that comes to them reiterates your word and reiterates your purposes. I pray that everywhere they look, they see it lined up. You say that your voice is the, is the sound of many waters. I pray your voice would resound all over the place. The thing that you are speaking to the heart of your people right now, God. Let them know. Let them know with everything in them that you are speaking, you're directing, and you're even challenging them. You are challenging us. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, there are some that are asking for gifts of healing. There are some that are asking for gifts of healing. Like you want to be able to walk through these streets and just lay hands on people and see them healed. And what's coming to me right now, I recall a story that Heidi Baker had shared. And she had desperately wanted to be able to lay hands on the blind and their eyes to be open. And, and it wasn't happening. She was praying over multiple people and it wasn't happening and it wasn't happening. And it wasn't happening. And then finally, one day she prayed over someone, their eyes were open. And then she prayed over a second person, their eyes were open. And then she prayed over a third person, their eyes were open. But you see, the uniqueness of the, of the situation was that each one of those whose eyes were open, they had the same name as her. They had her same name. Everyone else she prayed for, their eyes were not open. They weren't healed. But these three that she prayed for had her name. And finally, it dawned on her what he was saying. He's saying, I want to open your eyes. I want to bring healing to you first. When you can see, then you will begin to open the eyes of the blind. And so there are some aspects that God is ministering in your life where he wants to produce the healing in you in a spiritual manner in which you desire to see it in a physical manner. And so you're bringing yourself to him and you're you're presenting everything that you're longing for for others you present yourself to be healed in that way in the Spirit. Let God begin to to move within you and bring you to a place of true sight, a place of true revelation, where you can begin to be entrusted with some of the things that He wants to do. And He wants to do more than heal. He wants to do more than heal people. But He wants to entrust you with, with power to preach to preach into that situation, to preach, to speak words of life. And when I say preach, I mean, I'm not talking about a sermon from the pulpit. I'm talking about the words of life from the very throne room of God coming out of your mouth and deposited into a stranger, being deposited into someone that you encounter on the street or in the store or anything like that. But the words of life will reside in you and you'll do more than lay hands and have them healed in the physical. But life will begin to reign in their lives because you will release the words of life from the very heart of God into the life of that person. And so, God, I thank you for the healing that you want to do in the spirit for that one that is crying out for those gifts to operate. I thank you, God. Oh, I thank you, God. God, I pray that there would be an an awakening right now of the goodness of God when we meditate in his presence. We need more, we need more, not just to come and thank you, not just to come and say that you're good, but with the expectation that there'll be a dialogue, that you're going to speak into me, even if it's not with words, that when I'm in your presence, I begin to receive your heart for my life. When I'm in your presence, you begin to download things me. Lord, some of the most incredible encounters I have with you is while I'm asleep and I don't even know what you've done. I just wake up knowing you did something. I feel differently. I know differently. And I don't even know why. It's because you came to me in the night and you encountered me. And the reason why you did that is because I'm awake. I give myself to you. I give myself to you. And so not only do I, I sit in your presence and I expect to hear from you and I expect to commune with you, you can't wait for me to wake up. You encounter me while I'm asleep. And you bypass the things that get in the way like some of my, my thinking, some of my, my desire to control what you're saying with my mind. You bypass those things in the night and you download in me what I need. You download wisdom in me and somehow I come into an an experience where I just know because you've been visiting me at night. And I pray that for everyone in this place, that because they gave themselves to you in the day, because they, they positioned themselves to hear you, God because they expected to connect with you, not just to, to, to worship you or to read your word, but they had an expectation of real-life connection with you in that moment. You're not someone that they read about or someone that they're talking out to, but someone that they're communing with. having real relationship with and their expectation changes and then you begin to release songs over them Lord I love it when I wake up and you're singing over me it's because I sing to you when I'm awake that your heart longs to sing back to me when I'm asleep and I wake up and I you're you're still singing because you want me to know I sang over you in the night i brooded rooted over you in the night That you would be whole and you would be restored. and That your heart would be whole in me. And so God, I pray that for every person in here. That they would experience wholeness in their hearts. And wholeness in their lives. That they would walk with such help in all of their relationships, God. That they would know you and that they would make you known to others, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Of all the things that we could accomplish today, it's my heart that there would be a hunger and a craving within each person here to spend time with you, to commune with you. How awesome it is when prophetic people come and give us a word, but how incredible it is when we commune with you and you share your whole heart. Sometimes we're in services and someone gives us a word and it leaves us with wanting more. We're like, okay, so how do I do that? Or, or what about this? Or, and there's just more. We just wish we could hear more and more and more, but we can have the more. We can have the more. If we give ourselves in the day, you come in the night. If we give ourselves in secret, you come in public. God, I pray that we would value time in your presence and that we would see how living you are and how much you long to speak to us that come alive in us let it come alive in us oh god 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 reading your word is so incredible and it's so powerful but when we do it in your presence it becomes living in a way that isn't possible just by reading it it's just it's it's a different thing the application becomes multiplied and we hear your word, and wherever we go, we feel it in us. We, it comes out of us wherever we go. Because we, it's like we bathed in it, it's like we were saturated in it, God. We become it. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. vision, so I'm just, it makes no sense to me, so I'm hoping it makes sense to somebody out there. I think it's it's rather personal. I mean, it, it must be personally applied. But I see, I see two hands, and one of them, and it's your hands, whoever you are, and one is painted red, and one is painted green. Like, there's literally paint on your hands. Okay, so I'm, I'm, going to, I'm getting interpretation here. You you work in you work in paint. You you express things through art. You paint, and I feel like God is saying, "I want to impart to you a new level of discernment because I want you to speak to spiritual things." But because of of, of, of so much that's circulating in the atmosphere, there's just so much that's happening. That I want to give you a kind of discernment that causes you to know what you need to be releasing in the spirit. Because there, there's some boundaries that are difficult to discern. Is this of God or is this of another spirit? And that's a question that comes up. And there are things that, that, that surround you that are not the spirit of God. But the spirit of God lives inside of you. And there's just something in you that that God wants to express through painting. But he needs to set up boundaries around you. And as I said before, that we hold the gateway to our hearts. We determine who comes in. And so God has made, it's like a green light and a red light, but it's in paint because it has to do with that art. It has to do with what you're willing to, to express and what you want to put on canvas. And so God is giving you a new level of discernment. And you're gonna find yourself just being uncomfortable by certain things. And you're gonna to begin to realize that that what you need to do is rather than put on canvas what it is that came to you, but you need to put on canvas the answer to that. So, for example, if there's something stirring in your spirit and it's very dark and it's and it's 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 not God's heart, but it's what you're seeing. And it's kind of like that flow we were talking about. Absorbing from the outside um, or absorbing from the spirit and affecting the outside. So God is is putting this ability within you that your eyes are open to what's really out there. But what you have to do is take what what you see and you need to provide the answer to that. So if you're seeing something that's very dark, that's depressing, that, that brings death, you need to begin to release something that answers that. You need to release light, you need to release life on your canvas. So you need to perceive what's coming from where and how you need to express that on your canvas so that you are truly prophesying uh, the Lord's heart, uh, not just expressing from the Spirit. Because God has given you an ability to see in the spiritual realm. He has given you an ability to see your surroundings. But he wants you to respond to your surroundings by his answer to what you see. So God, I pray for that one. That they would know with everything in them. That they'd feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. What they need to do and how they need to respond to these creative ideas that they're getting. That some of them are downloads from heaven that they need to put on canvas. Some of them are, are the awareness of the world around them that they need to bring an answer to. So God, I pray for that discernment. I pray for that understanding and that ability to move in that in Jesus' name. like I could just go on forever here. I, I, I feel like we need to, for time's sake, we need to go ahead and close. But... Thank, you, Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So, Lord, I just want to pray this one last thing on, on everyone here. I just want to release blessing. I just release blessing over over all of them, God, their 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 spirit, their soul, their body. I just release blessing right now. just release blessing over them. I release blessing over this this congregation and over this this town of Telluride and, and everything that surrounds it, God, all the communities that are tied to it. we just release blessing right now, God. And I thank you that you've made a place, that you've made a place to to sit. And to to come and to commune with the people of this area. God, I pray that you would go with each one and empower them in your heart. For everything that was said and done today. That you would empower them to move forward in it, God. Not just a moment to set aside. But that they would flourish in it. Because it was your heart for them. Ongoing, not just this moment. So God, cause them to flourish in it, Lord. Cause them to prosper in your word for their lives. Cause them, God, to to, to, to not grow weary in doing good, God, but that they would continually press on until they reap the harvest of what you've been doing in their lives, God. I thank you. We reap if we faint not. So God, I thank you for your strength for those things, Lord. I thank you for Ketrick and his beautiful family. God, I thank you for their love for this city and their engagement here, God. I pray your blessing upon them, Lord. I pray your strength empowering them in every way that they need it in the name of Jesus. We thank you for our time. We thank you that you were here and that you continue to be here. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. (laughs) Woohoo.